Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has unleashed a humanitarian crisis there, had also brought about an indirect effect far away. The war in Yemen, which is in its eighth year now, killed more civilians than the one in Ukraine, with recorded figures citing almost 9,000. Yet the poor population there is out of mostly sight and out of mind. On a basic level, it is a civil war between Yemenites, but on another one, it is fought between Saudi Arabia and Iran, whether through airstrikes or the provision of drones and missiles. A temporary cessation of hostilities was recently announced and an inter-Yemeni dialogue was recently launched in Riyadh, but it is evidently boycotted by the Iranian-backed Houthis, which the Biden administration failed in trying to placate. What is the state of lethal play in the battlefield and around the negotiating table? Joining us from central Israel is Dr. Ambassador Chaim Koren, who is the former Israeli ambassador to both Egypt and Sudan, as well as a lecturer at Reichman University in Herzliya. Thank you for joining us, sir. Hi, who are you? Also joining us from northern Israel is Dr. Fadi Ismail, who is a research fellow at the Institute for Counterterrorism at Reichman University in Herzliya as well. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And with me here in the studio is our TV7 editor at large, as well as uh, the host of Watchmen Talk, Paris in Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding on the current state of play vis-a-vis the war in Yemen, as well as a more regional aspect. What does it impact and where does it uh, also reach beyond, as everything obviously is interconnected in this stage? So obviously it's a war of attrition, a civil war with outside help, uh, with various interests. For instance, uh, the Houthis and their rivals within Yemen uh, would probably uh, like to get some decision. Um, It may not be in the interest of the Iranians to have this uh, war stop because the Saudis are bleeding and sometimes they are bleeding oil because they're refineries or their reservoirs are being hit by Iranian-supplied missiles from Yemen, which uh, goes to show that Saudi Arabia is very vulnerable, that uh, it should understand the power of Iran. And as you said, the Biden administration, uh, coming on the heels of the previous Trump administration, first uh, trying uh, to get uh, the Houthis out of the terror list, uh, perhaps uh, be on their good side. It didn't work. Now trying to chaperone those inter-Yemenite talks in Riyadh with the special uh, envoy Lander King going there. It doesn't seem as if uh, there is a lot of hope, um, uh, either to the talks or to some uh, battlefield success on either side. And Yemen um, is probably the poorest cousin of these rich oil sheiks. It is in the Arabian Peninsula, the southernmost side of the peninsula. But unfortunately for it, there is no oil there, no no, um, rich um, reservoir of anything, except perhaps its access to ports 
and the South um, Arabian Sea and, uh, the, and the Red Sea. So for others, it is a strategic um, place, a strategic location, but for Yemenites themselves or Yemenis, uh, there is hardly any hope. Indeed, Ambassador Corinne, I'd like to start with you. Uh, there was a devastating attack in which uh, the Houthis, as they do time and again, uh, have deliberately launched uh, uh, UAVs uh, and uh, ballistic missiles towards civilian infrastructure in Saudi Arabia, uh, causing extensive damage, even though much of uh, the damage was caused by the debris rather than the direct hits uh, at that stage. Uh, subsequently, merely a couple days later, uh, the Houthis announced uh, on the 26th of March, uh, to be exact, that uh, there's going to be a cessation of hostilities for a, a, a period of three days at that uh, time. Uh, and if the Saudis or the Saudi-led coalition would uh, comply to such a cessation of hostilities, they would be willing to extend uh, that cessation of hostilities. Of course, the dynamic of the battlefield at this uh, moment uh, has shifted in the favor of Saudi Arabia and uh, this, uh, their coalition, which includes, of course, the Emiratis, uh, uh, the Egyptians, the Bahrainis, and, and uh, many more. Uh, do you see the situation being maintained, uh, at least at this stage, considering the fact that the moment the Americans, if a nuclear deal is reached between Iran and the Americans in the immediate uh, period of time, uh, this will change the equation completely. The Houthis will once again replenish all of their military hardware and will be able to accelerate the situation and possibly even overwhelm uh, the Saudi proxies uh, on the ground and the government of uh, uh, Abed Rabo Mansour Hadi. You are very right about the dynamics, the very, very uh, quick dynamics on the spot. Ever since 2015, the, what called Arab coalition headed by Saudi Arabia uh, went or planned to go successfully against uh, against the Houthis and it turned to be a story that they are supported uh, heavily by Iran although this kind of uh, the idea Shia it's not necessarily the same faction that we know from Hezbollah for example but uh, People turn to uh, underestimate the progress of the Houthis ever from that time. But we all came to understand that Saudi Arabia for a long time uh, is losing there. And the very fact that the Emirates in a certain point quitted from, from this coalition and tried to go, out, uh, to go in a different way... Uh, uh, but the Houthis are proving that they are getting much better and more professional uh, to the point that uh, even when the Iranians try to use them as proxies, they're not all the time agree because they have their own, uh, their own platform to, to, uh, to promote things from their point of view. And the very fact that they even threatened Israel recently when uh, Prime Minister Bennett visited and they bombed uh, the Emirate, uh, not to speak about what they're doing with the oil in Saudi Arabia, uh, puts them on a map as a very important uh, uh, player at, at that 
at that game. Now, uh, when it's, I agree that it connected to the Iranian issue and also the story of the uh, surprising visit of Assad in the Emirate all of a sudden, it's all connected. And uh, the negotiation with some countries like uh, Israel and Sudan at that background, you get a picture of umbrella at that uh, point that uh, uh, we need to take it seriously. And when they feel maybe Saudis now uh, bombing civilians and so on and feeling on the upper hand, but Houthis has a very important self-confidence now to, uh, uh, to jeopardize any ceasefire or agreement, even though the Iranians would to show at that point a different face to, uh, to their negotiation with, with the U.S. and Europeans towards agreement about, uh, about their nuclear issues. So uh, I don't see any coming uh, real agreement or ceasefire, but you never know what happened tomorrow in Ukraine or in Russia that reflect immediately on this, uh, on that uh, arena. So we need to wait and see. Dr. Ismail? Let me tell you what, there's a few components of what my colleagues have uh, touched upon already that I couldn't agree more. And I want to tie it up with the international picture as it is today, especially from the standpoint of the United States of America. Uh, there's no doubt that the, the Houthi um, state, uh, it is not just a group, it's actually a state in every possible way. Uh, they became an international player in every possible respect. Uh, 24,000 uh, raids by the coalition uh, failed fail to break them. That tells you something. And there are, if we look at the picture, to this fact from the standpoint of uh, what worries big superpowers, the United States, uh, it, it, which is mainly um, uh, geography and resources, um, the Houthis are sitting right there on Bab el Mandib, um, a super choke point for international commerce. And uh, they are yet another brick in the wall that the, uh, the uh, Iranian revolution is building in the world. Granted, uh, they, don't, they, they don't agree with the Iranians on everything. Recently, they sent the Iranian ambassador home uh, out of Sana'a, but it does not mean that they are not part of this uh, formidable axis that has formed in front of our eyes um, during um, the wars, the first war in Iraq in 1991. And now we have uh, Syria, we have um, the other end in the in Bab el Mandeb. Uh, we have Lebanon, of course, in the middle. We have uh, uh, basically Iran in the Gulf. Uh, I mean, they have built a, a really serious force here. And when you look at it again from the standpoint of resources, of minerals as well as geography, i.e. Uh, the routes, international commercial uh, routes, um, then uh, it becomes really necessary to see that, to really talk and pay attention to every small corner of this area, regardless of how underdeveloped or poor it is. Uh, the, the power to, to destroy something 
is uh, is very very serious. You don't you don't have to be very uh, very able to build or to achieve. Um, and the Houthis make no uh, they, they don't hide the fact that they tie and I agree here with what uh, Amir said a few minutes ago. Uh, they tie their local struggle with what's going on in the Ukraine. They explain to the world, listen, it's about oil. Okay, we can mess up all your plans vis-a-vis -vis Russia, sanctions, all of that, simply by uh, striking a few ballistic uh, hits throughout the Middle East and hold of your plans. They basically can ruin the plans to the strongest superpower in the world. This is an amazing position. Uh, this is not somewhere in North Korea, some crazy guy with a nuclear bomb there that just makes a lot of noise. These are people who sit right in the center of international trade and can influence uh, uh, the, the interests of superpowers immediately. And there's no way to break, the, to break them now. That's a fact, let's call it what it is. So I'm not sure that the Biden administration has, or, or Europe, or anybody else, I'm not sure they have that many options to deal with these guys. You have to accept them. You have to realize they are a state and see what can be done. Yes, to you can call it placate them, to uh, to some extent uh, compromise with them or do something. We cannot just talk in terms of uh, of winning the war against them or doing anything like that. It's simply not doable. You look you look at the map and you see that it's just not going to happen anytime soon. Because of that very point which Fadi raised, uh, one cannot overrate the importance of Israel being shifted from UCOM to CENTCOM, and especially because this is a maritime theater, the very, very strong bonds between the fifth fleet or NAVCENT, the naval uh, component of CENTCOM, and the Israeli Defense Forces, and especially the Israeli Navy. And uh, as we, we all know, up until recently, the Israeli Navy uh, looked westward towards the Sixth Fleet because the Mediterranean coast was its main operating theater. But now, because of the various choke points which were uh, raised, and uh, one could add uh, the Suez Canal, to that, and of course, Hormuz and uh, the other places um, uh, near Iran. Because of that, just imagine if the uh, fifth fleet based in Bahrain or one of the more um, the friendlier states towards Israel, such as the UAE or Oman or Bahrain or perhaps even uh, uh, Kuwait and Qatar uh, in the future, if they let the Israeli Navy just simply anchor, lay anchor there for a while, for a short operation, no need to replenish, to refuel, um, then um, new horizons will be opened to the Israeli Navy. And we already saw a few days ago that when the Americans want to show their force, their aerial force, they again sent a B-52 bomber escorted by one of their own, or a couple of their own, F-22 fighters, plus F-15s and other planes from around the area, including the Israel Air Force, flying over the Arabian Peninsula. So this is a message both to the uh, Houthis, the, to the Iranians, and to other people who need reassurance. 
friend and foe alike, that there is a coalition being built here and that uh, the uh, um, various entities, uh, sheikh domes, oil domes, whatever you want to call them, plus Israel, will not be defenseless against either the Iranians or the proxies. Which obviously uh, is an indication of the United States wanting to reassure its partners in the region, indicating also the interoperability of the various uh, uh, components or assets that uh, the United States has and those of its partners in the regions. But And that you don't have to be based here. You can fly or sail from Europe or another place and get here very soon. With that being said, uh, deployment has uh, a different signal than just sending a strategic bomber. Of course, it might have significant meaning, but without deployment, you do not really deter an enemy from uh, being able to enter and, and make drastic changes within a country. And Israel, with all due respect to our Navy here, uh, is still a very small component as opposed to that of Egypt or other countries that have uh, significantly increased their, their power, their, their sea power. If but you, you know, the, the Americans have recently deployed six fighter planes to Poland. With each plane came 40 maintainers. And uh, that means that uh, force protection becomes your main mission. When you fly over or when you send your vessel, um, you are not uh, so vulnerable. Indeed. With that being said, uh, uh, Dr. Koren, I'd like to hear your perspective because uh, when we're talking about Babel Mendev, which uh, Dr. Ismail just mentioned, uh, a third of global oil transit on a daily basis passes through that strategic waterway uh, and uh, obviously impacts not only Israel or uh, other partner nations in the region, including Egypt, including uh, Jordan, and so on and so forth. But it also impacts Europe and the United States. It impacts the entire uh, world. And uh, this is now in the hands of a tribe which managed to control other tribes under it, even though ideologically they're not necessarily in the same line of thought. is able to control this and uh, to deal whatever it wants to deal based on instructions from its its patron in Tehran. This leverage ultimately challenges not only Israel, but the entire world again. That's true. This strategic point, and I agree with all of our colleagues here, it's not only a matter of Israel, the meeting point of the Indian Ocean, the Red Sea, and Suez Canal, it's extremely important for the whole world. It's not only merchandise coming from the Far East, but it's a control of this um, of this uh, uh, um, a road, uh, a very important road, and control on that point, and there's no uh, wonder why everybody is there, China and India, and Russia and and, and U.S. And, because that's extremely important. Uh, either like in the in the 90s, as pirates was endangering this uh, uh, transportation or any other things that Somali Somali people used to do there, uh, um, uh, or uh, or the the uh, 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 spread of terrorism from Yemen to Africa 
from uh, from Yemen to uh, to Somalia, which is bothering the the whole world because this. Uh, 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 the stability in that area is very important. There's no wonder why the rumors about uh, some Israeli presence or uh, in in Sekuturez, this island uh, on that part, and uh, and uh, not to mention the strategic uh, uh, point for anybody uh, who who just uh, uh, would like to pass there. Uh, just for example, a few months ago, one ship was stuck in the Suez Canal. Look how many billions of dollars were was a harm for many, many countries and still uh, slower the whole transportation at that point. So it's extremely important to make sure that the one, as you said correctly, one tribe or some domestic problems within Yemen, and I don't want to go back to the 60s with southern Yemen and northern Yemen, two different countries, but still the Houthis coming all the way to Aden or Mali or whatever, and they can definitely uh, uh, control and make a, a big damage. And Iran can put, uh, 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 put a sign about the very important victory that they had on the overall uh, struggle with, with Saudi Arabia that's going on and on for many years. I don't want to go back to the 7th century, but I'm talking about uh, the, few, the last few uh, uh, decades, uh, three decades uh, on the struggle on, on, on not only religious, but economical and others. Indeed. And who's going to reach out and who will be the upper hand in that area? That's extremely important. As it's seen now, Iran is very successful to... Uh, to use uh, its proxies, not only uh, in Yemen, but elsewhere too. And not uh, just by mistake, I mentioned the visit of Assad at that area, because uh, he's also part of the equation now, uh, when we're going back to the story between Iran and Syria and Russia at that term, when it comes to the big picture that's happening now in Ukraine. It's also uh, a story of energy. So you don't, you cannot expect what would be tomorrow if uh, the story in Kiev uh, would not let uh, Putin down and he would start to change his equation in Syria as a, as a, as a, uh, as an, I would say, answer to what's going on Indeed. there. Or if he's not happy the way that the Iranian now using the opportunity to get more control in Syria and in Yemen by the Houthis, uh, and the agreement that we all expecting or uh, thinking that supposed to be in Vienna, uh, it's all connected and we, we need to wait and see. Indeed. Dr. Ismail, I'd, I'd like, uh, we don't have very much time left, and I'd like to ask you, on, on December of 2019, the Trump administration, uh, U.S. Secretary of State at the time, uh, Antony Blinken, uh, excuse me, uh, Mike Pompeo, uh, to be uh, exact, uh, listed, uh, as also Mr. Owens uh, mentioned, uh, the Houthis uh, on the uh, State Department's foreign terrorist uh, organization uh, designated list, uh, 
the first decision by the State Department a month later in January of 2021 was made by Secretary of State of this current administration, Antony Blinken, in which he then uh, opted to revocate, uh, to move forward with the revocation of the designation of the Houthis, uh, something that ultimately caused uh, some uh, 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 escalation if uh, you will, on the situation on the ground. Uh, It made the Houthis much bolder, and uh, they started gaining more and more ground. Is this going to change once more if uh, we see the Houthis continue in the course of action that they do? I'm not a prophet, of course, but frankly, the issue of terrorism and so on, um, I think these entities, these Middle Eastern entities, have shown that they know how to overcome uh, these technical hurdles. Uh, the Houthis are even able to bring in parts for to, for the war machine from from Oman, from other places. Um, they, they are no less sophisticated in that way than the Iranians or the Syrians or the North Koreans or any of these. I mean, the world is learning uh, how to overcome American sanctions of any kind. This is a fact. We have to to accept that. I mean, the whole idea, there was a one time when the United States would just declare sanctions and, and entities will will just crush fall, fall, crash down. It doesn't happen anymore. I mean, people are figuring out how to do this. The fact is, I, I want to bring the statistic again. In the last eight years, the Houthis withstood 24,000 air raids God knows how many special operations um, they had uh, uh, enormous pressure put in them, and they survived it. That tells you that a whole different approach approach is required. And I'm not here to advocate the Biden uh, approach at all, but we have to, I, I guess, the faster that we accept that we are in a different situation today, it will be better. No, couple of points that I really... Unfortunately, we don't to, have, yeah. uh, Dr. Ismail, we don't have time for a couple of points. Uh, closing sentence, Mr. Oren. For Israel, Bab el is crucial. 1956 and 67, the wars, a major factor was the Straits of Tehran, a bottleneck, but a bigger bottle has its neck in Bab el So for Israel, it's a very strategic threat and opportunity. Indeed. Well, this is all the time that we have for today, so I'd like to thank Ambassador Koren, Dr. Ismail, as well as Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel. I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.